Stacy and I started New Life Church in the summer of 1999. This was an interesting time in the church world as a whole. The seeker-sensitive church movement was thriving in 1999. You may say, Brother Gaddy, what is the seeker-sensitive church movement? Well, let me just tell you what that movement said of itself. And I quote, discard most of what we have previously thought and been taught about church growth and replace it with a new paradigm, a new way to do ministry, end quote. Perhaps inadvertently with this new wave of ministry came a de-emphasis on taking personal responsibility for Bible study combined with an emphasis on felt needs-based programs and very slick marketing. The size of the crowd, rather than the depth of the heart, determines success. If the crowd was large, then surely God was blessing the ministry. Churches were built on demographic studies and professional strategists and marketing research and meeting needs and sermons consistent with those techniques. Preaching was out and relevance was in. Doctrine didn't matter nearly as much as innovation. If it wasn't cutting edge and consumer friendly, it was doomed. Certain words, sin, salvation, sanctification, these were taboo and they were replaced by other words, strategy and sensitivity. And then in early 2007, a startling book was released simply entitled Reveal, Where Are You? It was co-authored by Callie Parkinson and Greg Hawkins. Greg was the executive pastor of the Willow Creek Community Church. Church leaders began to read this revelatory book and they found it groundbreaking. In their words, earth-shaking and mind-blowing. And no wonder, because the book seemed to tell that the experts were wrong. The, rep the report revealed that most of what they had been doing for these many years and what they had taught millions of others to do was not producing solid disciples of Jesus Christ. Numbers, yes, but disciples, no. It got worse. Pastor Bill Hybels from Willow Creek Community Church lamented, and I quote, some of the stuff that we have put millions of dollars into thinking that it would really help our people grow and develop spiritually when the data actually came back. It wasn't helping people that much. Other things that we didn't put that much money into and didn't put much staff against is the stuff that our people were crying out for. End quote. If you simply want a crowd, 
then the seeker-sensitive model produces results. But if you want solid, sincere, mature followers of Christ, you got to find a different way. Because in a shocking confession, Bill Hybel said we made a mistake. What we should have done when people crossed the line of faith and became Christians, we should have started telling people and teaching people that they have to take personal responsibility and become self-feeders. We should have gotten people, taught people how to read their Bible between services, how to do the spiritual practices much more aggressively on their own. I am rising in this pulpit on this Sunday morning in this sacred and holy house to declare we must look at the Bible. We must look to the Bible, not simply for history, but for example. We look to the Word of the Lord, not simply for reference, but for replication. We are called, brothers and sisters, not to create, but we are called to follow the pattern found in the history of the church. I got to say that again. We are not called to create a new church. We are not called to concoct a new way. We are called by the word of the Lord to anchor to what that book says and follow the pattern found in its pages. And it is in the historical accounting of the first church that we see believers fully immersed in message and mission. Please hear me this morning. We do not see people clamoring for their needs to be met. We do not see people wanting their needs to be met, but rather sacrificially giving and going so that others may know Jesus Christ. Can I just preach like I feel like preaching this morning? The kingdom of me is a very small kingdom. The kingdom of me is a very small kingdom. But the kingdom of God is expansive. It is ever-growing. It is never-ending. It is world-changing. It is eternity-impacting. I have made up in my mind that is the kingdom that I will invest my life in. That is the kingdom that I will give my life to. That is the kingdom that I want to invest in. Is the kingdom of God. He was a mighty apostle who brought his young preacher friend Timothy on the road with him during his second missionary journey. The plan was simple to revisit cities and churches that had been planted 
previously, while Paul and Timothy journeyed, the result was clear according to Scripture. The churches were established, as Acts 16 says, in both faith and they increased in number daily. It is on the heels of this ministry success that Luke, the writer of Acts, says, Now when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. After they had gone to Mysia, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. The ninth verse of Acts 16 tells about a vision that appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with Paul, saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. Come over to Macedonia and help us. Help us. Help us. Help us. We need help. We need somebody to come and help. It was a call from another world. It was a call from a distant place. It was a call from a different world. I must rise and I must make sure we understand at the closing service of this missions conference that the call from another world is unlike any other call. I got to make sure we get this today. The call from another world is always invasive. The call from another world will never leave us like we are right now. The call from another world never leaves us in the same condition after we hear the call. We can have a plan that's set forth. We can come with a predictable path and a comfortable setup. We can get used to a neat and a tidy life. But then the call from another world comes and it steps in and it messes up with my way. And it steps in and it messes up with my little neat plan. And it comes in and it messes up with the structure and the plan and the tidiness of what I thought should happen. Paul, along with Timothy, wanted to go to Asia. But the Holy Ghost forbid him. Now, it's one thing for your buddy to forbid you. And it's another thing for your mama to forbid you. But when the Holy Ghost forbids you, when the Holy Ghost shuts the door, and so he tried to go to Bithynia, and the Bible simply says that the Holy Spirit did not let them go to Bithynia. 
want to go to Asia. But the Holy Ghost stopped me. I wanted to go to Bithynia. But the Holy Ghost stopped me. And so the Bible simply gives in black and white these words. So passing by Mysia, they came to Troas. And it was when Paul was in Troas that in the night he heard a call from another world. Can I tell you, brothers and sisters, sometimes God has to close a door to get us in a place where our ears will be turned to the frequency of heaven. Sometimes God's got to shut a door over here and say, you can't go there right now. And then another time he's got to shut a door to Bithynia and say, you can't go there right now. Why? Because I got to get you to Troas. I got to get you to a place where you're hearing something different. You're tuned in to a different frequency and you can start to hear a call from another world. Come on, Revival Church. When we hear a call from another world, it means I don't choose my destiny any longer. I don't choose my path any longer. I don't choose the way any longer. Why? Because I've heard a call. For some, for some, it changes where you live. For some... There are empty chairs at the kitchen table where your kids used to eat dinner with you. But for all who hear the call, it's invasive. We might come as we are, but when it's a call from another world, we never stay the same. The call gets in our business. Now hear me today. The call from another world means that the call from a man in a foreign land was the call of God himself. Help us! Come over to Macedonia. We need help. We don't have anybody. Help us. Help us. Help us. And we can discount that as a meal that we had late at night or just the voice of a man in another country. But man's call was to come to Macedonia. And God's call to Paul was to go to Macedonia. Because the call of a man many times is the call of God as well. We have to hear what God's people are saying. Hear me today. We as a church respond to the call of God to go to all nations. 
by going some ourselves, but also pooling our resources to send others. This is the apostolic model found in the word of God. And he said unto them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they shall cast out demons. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And they went out everywhere preaching the word of the Lord. And the Lord went with them working and confirming with signs following it's the call from another world can you hear it help us help us can you hear seven million Jews in Israel crying out this morning Help us. Can you hear one million people in Fiji? While we are worshiping in Modesto this morning. Who are lifting up their spirit and saying help us. Can you hear one thousand 359 households with children in Waterloo, Illinois who are lifting up their spirit. They may not be saying it out loud, but in their spirit they are saying this doesn't satisfy. Help us. Help us. Fund us. Send us a voice. Send us a pastor. Send us somebody. Help us. Help us. Help us. Can we in the Central Valley, hear the call of multiplied thousands in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Can we hear that the population of Chad in West Africa is increasing 1,600 people every single day? Banning, California is known as the Stagecoach Town, USA. But can somebody Listen for the cry of Riverside County saying come over to Riverside County and help us. Come over to Banning, California and help us. Can somebody hear the cry from another world in San Luis Obispo saying, yeah, we might be happy, but we need a savior. We need a savior. We need a healer. We need a deliverer. Can somebody hear the call? from another world. Can somebody, can somebody hear Brazilians crying this morning from the largest country in Central America and the largest country in South America? Can someone just for a few holy minutes on a Sunday morning come in contact in the spirit with those precious people in Brazil that have never heard of the name of Jesus? Can somebody tune your ear to the frequency of heaven and hear that call from a man and a woman 
That is the call of God himself. Can you hear it? Can you hear it? Can we push aside our culture long enough? Can we push aside our busyness long enough? Can we push aside our blessings long enough to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church? Please hear me. Please hear me this morning. When I hear the call of God from another world and I act on it, I fulfill God's purpose from my life. But you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. His own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You're not just another people. You're not just a subset of people. You're not just a different kind of people. You are God's people. You are a holy nation. You are a peculiar people. But you've got a job to do to proclaim, to proclaim, to proclaim the praises of him who has called us out of darkness. And when you and I hear the call of another world and we act, we are fulfilling God's purpose for us on this earth. Listen, I thank God for the Holy Ghost. Everybody, I'm going to get right up in your business right now. Look right here at this short preacher from Arkansas. If you think for a second that God simply chose us and he saved us to miss hell, We are missing it a million miles. Can I just preach it like I feel it on Sunday morning? He didn't wash your sins away and fill you with the Holy Ghost just so you wouldn't burn forever in the lake of fire. He didn't fill us with this glorious spirit just to put goosebumps on our back and make us dance in the spirit. He put his spirit in us to be a witness and a light to every nation. Come on, I feel, I feel something stirring in the Holy Ghost right now. He put his spirit in us to proclaim him to the entire world. Let me just tell you right now, I love it. I love the throwback songs. I love that Kurt Carr medley last night was fire. And I love singing about walking on streets of gold. And I love singing about him preparing mansions for me. But honey, if I'm serving God only to get a mansion over there, if I'm serving God just to walk on streets of gold, that is the most selfish reason to be serving God. He put his spirit in us, pastor, so that we could be a witness to every nation, every people, every language, every culture. I got to hear that call.
you and I go back to the first page of our Bible. And God said this, let us make man in our image. And in the image and likeness of God made he male and female. Uh, did you get that? In the likeness of God. So that when you and I, born of spirit, are in Fiji and we're in Banning and we're in South America, we are his representative in the likeness of God himself. That's why he created us. That's why he birthed us. That's why he filled us with his spirit to be his likeness in the earth. I wish you'd lift up your hands with me right now and say, God, I'm hearing the call from another world. I wish there would be an intercession that would rise up from this holy house right now. Come on, I feel like somebody has got their ears tuned to what the Lord is saying at Revival Church in Modesto on a Sunday morning. Come on, while you're praying, I wish you'd stand all across this room right now. And I wish you would lift up that voice as you stand and pray and say, God, I'm hearing, I'm hearing, I'm hearing the call from another world. Come on, I got a purpose. And the purpose is bigger than me. It's bigger than my agenda. It's your kingdom. It's a call. It's a call from another world. It's a call of the Spirit to revival church from another world. I hear it. I hear it. I hear it. I will act upon it. I will act upon it. I'll do something about it. I'll be involved with it. It's your purpose for my life. It's your purpose for my life. It's your purpose for my life. Listen to Brother Gaddy right now. Listen to me. I have never the first time ever regretted any investment I have made in missions. Ever. I have never regretted investing in the kingdom of God. Listen, I'm not, I'm not preaching for your hand claps right now. God will never be indebted to anybody. You will never lay something down that God will be indebted to you. He will give back to you more than you ever invest in the kingdom of God. He will pour back into your life more than you ever give to him. 
My wife and I, Lord willing, after the first of the year, are going to take some time off. And we've talked about this and, and, and we're excited about it. It's for all the right reasons and none of the wrong reasons. We're trying to respect this rest thing. So I went to General Conference, Pastor, just a few weeks ago. My friend Jerry Dean got up at Global Mission Service. He stood up there, and I've talked to some of our missionaries about this this week. He stood up at General Conference Mission Service, and he never raised his voice. But he said this, in the next few minutes, we're going to raise the largest offering ever in a global mission service at our general conference. And just for perspective, in case you don't know, the largest offering was 10 years ago, and it was $4.3 million. And Jerry Dean said this, Jerry Dean said this, very calm, he wasn't yelling, he wasn't screaming, wasn't spitting, wasn't snotting, none of that. He said, in the next few minutes, we're going to raise the biggest offering in the history of Global Mission Service at General Conference. And he preached. And he preached in simple Jerry Dean style. It was so unique. And as he was preaching, God started talking to me. Now I'm going to help somebody out right now. Because sometimes you may look at preachers and say, man, y'all wake up speaking in tongues. Not this preacher. In fact, I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I need coffee before I talk to you. I felt a witness in the house on that right there. And I'm sitting in that general conference service. And I, I decided, when I go away, we're going to go for about a week, a week and a half in Hawaii. We're excited about that. Church gave me a gift about three years ago during COVID for my 50th birthday, and I'm slow at, at getting that trip planned. And we're going to go to Hawaii. And I told my wife, I said, honey, I want to go, and, and we don't hardly ever do stuff. I want to stay in a super nice resort. I'm not talking about Hampton Inn. I'm not talking about, you know, the West End. I'm talking about a super nice resort. And she just looked at me, and Stacy said this. She said, okay, I'll trust you. Just do not tell me what you're spending on that. And so I'm sitting at General Conference, and the Lord starts talking to me. And this is Tim. Everybody say, this is Tim. The Lord said to me, Tim... You're looking forward to going to Hawaii. I said, oh, yes, I am. <laughs> and inside of me, I'm saying, God, please don't take that trip away from me. <laughs> and just so you know, we're still planning on going to Hawaii. And we're still planning on staying in that super nice resort. And the Lord said to me, are you willing to give as much to reach the world as you're going to drop to stay in that super nice resort for five nights. And sitting there on that aisle in that general conference service, Brother Ritter, I heard the call.
and Brazil and Fiji. I heard the call from another world. I said, yes, Lord, I'm willing and I will. Pastor Johnson is going to come in just a moment and he's going to take this great, great church that I absolutely love into a place of sacrificial giving and God is going to reign glory on this house because there are going to be many, many people in this house in the next few minutes that hear the call of God from another world. When I get up every morning and I walk into my office at my house, I am greeted by him. His picture hangs right above my bookcase in my office. And when I sit in my chair where I like to pray and talk to the Lord, I wanted to make sure that I put this guy's picture up high because pastor I wanted to have to lift my eyes to see him I don't know his name all I know is he's a little boy that lives in Burkina Faso in Africa and Ken Cantrell stopped by our church and he said would you please give to send us back to Burkina Faso because we want to reach this young man. I simply stand before you as I give this to your pastor and I ask you, can you hear the call from another world to reach someone just like this? Would you lift up your voice with me right now? Come on, Revival Church. Come on, Revival Church. Come on, Revival Church. There's a call of God from another world today. There's a call of God from another world today. Come on, if, you're, if your spouse is with you right now, I wish you'd reach over and just grab the hand of your spouse right now and pray together as a family. Say, God, we're preparing our hearts right now. We're preparing our hearts right now. We will give not out of our agenda, but out of your kingdom, God. We will give not out of our desire, but out of your kingdom, oh God. We are hearing what you are saying. We are hearing the call from another world. I want you to raise your hands. Come on all across this building. I feel such a burden of the Lord. I want you to raise your hands. 
Come on, lift your voice to the Lord. I want you to hear the burden of the Lord. I want you to listen for the voice of the Lord. We're not trying to play on your emotions, but there is something profound about hearing the call from another world. I'm asking you to raise your hands and lift your voice. I'm asking you to listen for the voice of the Lord. Come on, I'm asking you to intercede right now from the front to the back. Everyone that's in the balcony to my right and to my left, I'm asking you to lift your voice right now. I'm asking you. I don't want you spectating. I want you to raise your hands. I want you to lift your voice and call on the Lord right now. I need to hear you, Lord. I need to hear you, Lord. I need to hear you, Lord. Come on, I... I want you to lift your voice. I'm asking you to lift your voice. I'm looking at some of you. Your mouth is not even open yet.